It was the night before Christmas when all through the house... Ah, oh, sod the poetry bullshit. This is utter punt. What am I working with? Dan, you have to take a, a finger. I, I feel for you all. You can do that. You'll only lose by 20. <laughs> Welcome along, you utter punts. The Bills are back in the Super Bowl race. The Eagles aren't committed enough. And the Vikings have decided their terrible season is all the fault of their artificial pitch. Welcome along. It's incredibly boring. How is that yeah, boring? Carry on. If anybody mentions Taylor Swift, it's a straight red card and a two-pod ban. We got everything right last week. Yeah, cruised it last week. Pretty sure I only got one wrong. Professional, one wrong. Unbelievable. I tell you what, I tell you what. It's Welcome along to Utter Punts in association with endzonekit.co.uk and Beer Keller. After last week's intro strayed dangerously into the territory of becoming an extension of me, bloated and full of its own self-importance, I've decided to keep it simple this week. I'm Liam Bradford and with me in Manchester, it's Ravens fan Dan Horn. Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you very much. In Birmingham, it's Vikings fan Dave Keane. Oh, all right, Liam. How you doing, mate? You're okay. Yeah. Yeah, at least I didn't call you Wait. a Harry Potter character this week. Uh, on the way, a look at the stories that caught our eye in the NFL this week, a full look ahead to the weekend's games, and some fantasy advice for our friends at the Fantasy Game Day app. Plus, who gets the dreaded Utter Punts of the Week nomination? This is Utter Punts. Hello, Yuletide Felicitations, Feliz Navidad, Merry Christmas, and all of that jazz. Um... I did not get the Christmas jumper memo, boys. When did uh, this get decided and why wasn't I included? Natural flair. Natural flair, yeah. my <clears throat> rear end. You two have definitely pre-planned this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, that means we are gonna have to, we're gonna have to have a Christmas jumper off. Um, Dave, you're sporting a very festive, for the people that aren't watching on YouTube, a very festive Vikings purple and Vikings yellow Christmas jumper. It's very lo mm. lovely, L lovely, that's what I'll call mm. it. Uh, Dan, you are sporting uh, a Baltimore Ravens black, gold and purple Christmas jumper number. Um, if we were going to have a Christmas jumper off here, who would win said competition? I think it's really touch and go, but I might give it, I might give it to Dave, I think. I think. <laughs> Still do no, no, the Pyrotechnics wins it. Uh, it is illuminated and flashy. Uh, I probably should give a flashing lights warning here, shouldn't I, for anybody that might be uh, suffering from, um, you know, fits induced <laughs> by flashing lights. Uh, please be careful. Um, it's pretty impressive, that, Dave, isn't it? Well, just goes to show, you can polish a turd well <laughs> done, mate. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, Dave, um... Let's do the news of the week, shall we? Um, you've got a very, very interesting news story this week. What have you got for us? Oh, it, it, it's about what we've done. Yes, it's it about is. The, the fact that, as a show, we have somehow managed to do what nobody else has been able really to do. 
And that is we've killed the Eagles. We we called the show Die Eagles Die just because we all hope that they were going to lose on that particular episode, and they've not won since. So no, they haven't. I think I think we can take all credit for it. We 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 don't focus on the fact that they've had to replace their DC as their play caller. We don't have to do any of that. We just know full well that the Eagles are losing because we cursed them. Well, well done, boys. Uh, well done. I am um, d- during the middle of Dave's. Um, speech there I took a drink of water and poured freezing cold liquid right on my right nip and it's very very chilly goodness me if I wasn't before um, like loose rivets now um, right uh, yeah we've killed the eagles off <laughs> we'll see um, yeah oh, well, well done us um, they've also played six of the best teams in the NFL back to back back to be seven well well, exactly let's see let's let's see how long our curse lasts shall we let's see if it sees next year Uh, we've killed them and we are about to bring them back to life (laughs) well that was the point right it wasn't fair on them like we've 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 mixed the hex now revive Eagles revive yeah Yeah, that's revive revive Eagles revive and if they win that's all down to us right it's basically Uh, yeah 100% mate yeah we've decided what happens with Eagles it's like I let them off the hook Play, play in the New York Giants is like a defibrillator. It's going to shock them back into some kind of form. Uh, I, I think that's fine. Uh, Dan, who are you going with this week for your new story? Uh, I've looked at the running backs because Ooh. in the off-season last year, there was a lot of talk about how they're undervalued and they were going to go on strike and they don't get the money they want. And We did it on this podcast, didn't we? Yeah, and, and you know, because they're too old and they only get one contract. And I, Raheem Mostert is, is the one that's caught my eye. Because um, he's 31, Raheem Mostert, which means he's older than Le'Veon Bell, who's retired. He's older than Ezekiel Elliott, who's passed it. And he's scored 20 touchdowns this year, Raheem Mostert. And he's, I think he's the third fastest player recorded this year, ball carrier this year, um, at 31, which means at 20 touchdowns, he's level with Christian McCaffrey, who's the MVP, really, in many cases. And he scored more touchdowns than the entire offense of the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, the Panthers. Um, and he's 31, which, which makes me think... Um, maybe he's not past it and maybe there's a career for these running backs if you get them in the right situation um, but then you always look, you, I also look at the importance of running back for teams like the, the Rams okay so the Rams have come back into some sort of form they're into contention it's because they've got a really solid running game they've got a young running back and he's playing really well and when he went out of the team they didn't look so good and when he's come back they look really good again um, players like Christian McCaffrey who's going to lead I mean if he carries on I mean he'll have a bad game on Monday obviously Um but if he can just about recover from that, um, that three-yard game he'll have on Monday night, um, then you know we could go for two and a half thousand scrimmage yards this year. Um, and these players make such a difference to these teams. And I think if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you need a good defense and you need a really good running back. And I think that the narrative should start changing about that. Um, is that hope or expectation? Fact. Hope, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's a killer. Um, I've gone with Aaron Rodgers this week so if you haven't seen the story that the big news coming out of the NFL in the last couple of days is that Aaron Rodgers was returned to the Jets active roster it meant Mm. that he was available for selection but they have said that he will not take part in any games between now and the end of the season now it got me thinking and it made me go and do a little big bit of digging as to why you would bring back Aaron Rodgers to your 53-man roster if you weren't going to play him. And I went away and I listened to what the Jets head coach had got to say about it. And essentially, the long and the short of it is they're doing it for team morale, if you listen to the head coach. I wonder whether if 
the Jets have been in a slightly better position and not been so terrible over the last few weeks. Bringing him back to the active roster may have meant potential game time for Aaron Rodgers. And, and I'd love to get your two's take on that. What do you think um, is the purpose of bringing him back to the active roster? For me, the purpose of bringing him back, he has to be an active player to be able to participate in practices. So if they want, they want to get an advance on getting him working with the first-team offence and this first-team offensive line and seeing what they've got because this this is a lost season for them now. They may as well use these games and these practice sessions that they've got before the season ends to see what they've got and let, and let him decide on is this the right offensive line? Where does it need to strengthen? Get building some chemistry in the in the in the practices with Garrett Wilson and, and Brees Hall and these 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 good players they've got. Um, you're absolutely right though. Had had the Jets won a couple more games and, and they've been close in a couple, um, he would be playing. I think if not this week, maybe next week, and he would be keeping them in contention. As they're out, there's absolutely they're absolutely doing the right thing. But I think they get three weeks here of full practices with Darren Rodgers, um, and let's have a look at what they've got. Um, Robert Saladave said um, that. If Aaron Rodgers was 100% fit, he'd be knocking down his door to play, and he's currently not doing that. Is that more deflection tactics from the Jets head coach? No, I, I, I think he's right. Yeah. I, I think if Rodgers had been fit two weeks ago, Rodgers would have been asking to play. Yeah. He's clearly not. I, it, and I believe when we discussed this earlier this season, we did say that he wasn't going to get back to 100% with his ACL. It was going to be 95% mobility with the surgery that he'd had. So I think that what they will do is, as Dan said, just use this time now to get him integrated with, with that O-line, learning his cadence. There we go, from last week, right? And then we, we can talk about the fact that they're going to be tanking from the week before for their remaining games. Now, uh, I'm only joking, Dan. Um, but, like, it's... But they don't have anything to play for now, so they, they may as well go down the route of con- trying to consolidate what they can get in terms of assets and plan for next season in, in terms of practice time with Rodgers. Um there's not going to be much help for the quarterbacks which they do play now because they will be losing first team reps to Rodgers in, in practice as well so you can potentially expect them it can go one or two ways they could get a psychological boost from Rodgers presence back on the practice field and actually getting people to, to train and organise in the right way for the offence and that might help out the other QBs but they're going to be losing snaps now and I think it's always important to give people as much reps with that O-line as possible. So, it, yeah, the, this season's right off for them. On to the next one. It's what they should be doing. The, yeah. po- the point is that they also need to make sure that this coaching staff needs to make sure that that's the coaching <coughs> staff that takes over next year. Because if, if the narrative carried on the way it was so negative, I think Salah would be out of a job. Nathaniel Hackett would certainly be out of a job. Um, and maybe the GM would even be out of a job. What they've got to do now is try and sell next year. Um, and having Aaron Rodgers practising and in the film and in the study and in those things and they can publicly say look it's all about next year now they might just be able to save their own jobs as well so there's a bit of marketing a bit of politics politics about it yeah I mean this show was also about Rodgers and then it happened right yeah so I think they they probably will get a mulligan on it I, I don't think it would be unreasonable but they need to get something next year yeah, certainly um, do. Uh, right, look, we are tight for time because Dave's got a Christmas party to go to uh, straight after we've recorded. So we are going to move on uh, and we'll be back with you after this. 
uh, briefly, let's take a little look at our stock market game. Uh, I explain it every week. For those that are new to the podcast, I'm going to do exactly the same again. We have all picked four teams. One to do worse than they did last season, three to do better. For every position, worse or better, depending on whether you've picked them to be up or down, you get a point. I am currently exactly the same place that I was last week. That is dead last on eight points but I haven't got any worse or any better and I'm taking that as a win Dan you're four points down on where Mm. you were last week Uh, this mainly down to the Steelers causing you a bit of a problem (laughs) it doesn't care Uh, so they so they've they've gone backwards and that's cost you two points but otherwise 20 points you're in second place Dave you're still leading the way you're a point better off than you were last week um that down to the Browns, I think, more than anything else, up to seventh currently in the standings. So how are you feeling about your positions going into the last couple of weeks of the regular season? Very happy. Dave? Not as happy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's got to come down to the playoffs with yeah. these things in, yeah. in terms of the final adjustments. I think the, the Browns have been a solid investment. I'm happy with that. But like uh, the Broncos can't stop the run. They're annoyingly bad when it comes to that um, so yeah it's uh, yeah, and then then, then I'm, of course in terms of getting Dan's score down a little bit I need the Vikings to do well I'm in so much trouble <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. okay fair enough uh, good so you can stay abreast of that as we go through the rest of the season <clears throat> excuse me that's one of the fantasy games we play you guys are in regular fantasy too mm-hmm. but the third one that we would love to tell you about is the fantasy game day app which you can download now from the apple or google uh, app stores um it is essentially a fantasy app where you get to pick a team and there are prizes if you finish in the top 10 of any particular week cost seven pound 50 to enter your team but if you register using the code punts p-u-n-t S, then you will get a free entry once you've put your first entry in. Um, every week we try and pick a player that we might think is a good idea to put into a fantasy team. Again, it's important at this juncture to point out that we're not telling you that you should do that. It's just a little bit of advice and guidance for you. <laughs> uh, so, Dave went first last week, so Dan's going first this week. They've got they've got two games this week, so they've got a, a Saturday lineup and then a, a Monday stars, which is interesting. So a couple of players to I would make sure he's definitely in my team for both. He's James Cook for the Bills. Um, he I think he was the his performance against the Cowboys was the best statistically the best running back performance of the season. Wow! Um, for a Bills team that struggles to run the ball, so he's he's a must. You got to get him in every team you've got, um, and and also a sly one, David Njoku at tight end for the Browns. Um, his rapport with Flacco has always been sort of. Flacco's always been a tight end uh, favouring uh, quarterback. He's always done really well with tight ends. Dennis Pitter was his famous uh, friend at, at, the, at, the, at the Ravens when we won the Super Bowl. Um, so David Njoku has, has had two monster games back-to-back for Flacco and I think he'll carry on again against a, um, a Texans team that hasn't really got much of a secondary. So those two really for me. Good stuff. Dave? Yeah, um, Armand Rasson Brown is the kind of wide receiver who can get open very quickly against the kind of defense that the Vikings currently play, which is either blitz everybody or blitz nobody. Um, I'm expecting him to get himself open, and I think that Goff will be panicking and trying to hit those targets as soon as they're open as well. Mm. So, yeah, Armand Rasson Brown, 5,800, I think he is. Yep. Um, and I'm expecting him to at least accumulate points for receptions against us, and he might even go in for a touchdown or two. Good work. Um, 
Six. Six. Thanks. Six Thanks. touchdowns, in which case it'll be the best tip this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Take it Take it as it was intended. Um, no, don't take it as it was intended. Take it the way that you want to take it. It's safer. Uh, right, OK. Um, last minute Christmas shopping, stroke January sales, stroke you've got yourself some Christmas money and you want to spend it. I tell you what, I've got the perfect place for you. Utterpunts is proudly sponsored by one of the best kit suppliers out there, Endzone Kit. Endzone is a transatlantic company whose mission is to make finding kit a little bit easier and a little bit more affordable so you can represent your favourite American sports teams. Whether you're looking for NFL, college football, baseball, hockey or basketball memorabilia, Endzone's got you covered. With sizes from newborn up to 3XL, anyone can find something at endzonekit.co.uk. And one of the things that we love is that they have a whole range of retro and pre-loved gear so you can rock your vintage style while supporting your team. So why not head to endzonekit.co.uk and find yourself a bargain. And because you listen to Utter Punts, you can have a 15% discount at checkout when you use the code PUNTS. endzonekit.co.uk, the place to go for your American sports kit. Uh, we love the guys at endzonekit.co.uk. Uh, I forgot to mention, and I absolutely should, if you are getting involved in the Fantasy Game Day app, it's 18 plus, and please be gamble aware. If you think you've got a problem, find somebody to help you out. Uh, BeGambleAware.org is the website that you need to go to. Um, I've got a bone to pick with you. If I don't know. Cheated on us. <laughs> Cheated on us, didn't you? When I did a different podcast this week, didn't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, they wanted some, uh, you know, guidance. <laughs> some help. So I gave them four terrible tips. <laughs> yeah. How did they get on, Dan? Let, let's oh, let's well. mention the podcast first. <laughs> they well, are called... <laughs> uh, it's Good Teams Win, Great Teams Cover. So they're, they're f- uh, three lads from Manchester, so from England. They're English fans, the UK fans. That's why it was interesting to us. And we, we wanted to sort of help them uh, get on and, and spread the word, really, because yeah. we, we're trying to grow the community. There's, there's a massive sort of growing of, of the UK, of, and sport, of the sport in the UK. And... Um, I think the more people we get talking about it, the better. Couldn't and they're, they're like-minded individuals like us. They want to spread it. They, they do a good job. And it's a great little podcast they've got. Good stuff. So they asked you to make four picks. Mm. How did that go for you? <laughs> the advice was really good, but the picks were terrible. Uh, <laughs> I should have just gone with the... Why didn't I just go with the Bills? I, I, I was adamant, so adamant the Bills is bad to the Cowboys and should have just gone with everything, but stayed away from that one for some yeah. reason. Um, you said on the podcast last week the Bills are the best team in the NFL at the moment. And now everyone's saying it, right? You were ahead of the curve, and, and no doubt about it. Um, it you know, that's a, it was a good shout, nice and early for it you. It was a brave shout, Didn't man. back yeah, yourself. Brave. But a good oh, shout, nice and early. Oh, I did. Yeah, just not in, just not in the public domain. Just not verbally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we get on with the previews? Yeah. Uh, now, we've got six to do this week because they're spread out all over the festive period. So the big veto button is back in action. So if you hit the veto button, none of us are allowed to talk about a particular fixture. All right? I don't know what mine is. Sorry. Okay. So if you press the if you press it, that's it. We've just got to move on. Everybody okay. in agreement. Yeah. Maybe we'll just pick it. Pick. Yeah, just one. You're only allowed one, Dave. In fact, should we just make it one for the pod? I think that's even safer. All right. Whoever presses it first. <laughs> Otherwise we'll be covering one game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh so first game up, I have a funny feeling I know what's about to happen. Cincinnati Bengals at Pittsburgh Steelers, twenty third of December, half past nine at Acreshaw. Are we talking about it? Yeah. Yeah? 
Yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. that was the one that you were going to press mm, the button on. Let's see, you'll know what it is when it okay. comes. Okay, <laughs> good stuff. Um, so, uh, Bengals at Steelers, 8-6 and six versus 7-7. Seven and seven. It's a nice tight game, this one, in terms of record. Uh, Jake Browning, more on him a little bit later. Dave, do you want to go first on this one? Well, well uh, yeah, Jake Browning, what a nice guy. Uh, former Minnesota Vikings, we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, he... Um, He's been playing well lately. However, his number one wide receiver currently has, uh, I believe it's a shoulder injury. Uh, so, Jamar Chase currently hurt. However, T. Higgins is back. So, they, they do have an offense out there which can be effective, that can move the ball. But it is a big thing that Jamar Chase isn't there, I think. Um, and I think that that might handicap them going into this game at the weekend. But probably not enough based on who they're playing and how they're playing currently either. But I'm not going to comment on that because I like hearing Dan talk about him. Have you done? Thank you very much. <laughs> the floor is yours. Ah, th- listen, th- these two teams met four weeks ago. It's the last game the Steelers won. Uh, it was Jake Browning's first game, and it's the last game the Bengals lost. Um, since then, the-, the Bengals were expected to go on a nosedive and have really turned it around. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers were expected to go on and rampage and, and have- haven't won a game since. T- and they've lost to the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Colts. Um, and this week, they've got Mason Rudolph st- starting. Um, oh, bye bye Pittsburgh. It's his time of year, though. It is his time of year. You're right, and uh, the thing is, it, the, you're right about the you're right about Jamar Chase, but T Higgins looked outstanding against the Vikings, and his play, I think, was probably the play of the year. And I want you when you watch this Steelers secondary, the front looks really good, but the secondary is about as slow a secondary as I can see in the league. Um, they're awful, and I think. I think Browning will do enough to beat them. Even this is in Pittsburgh, and Mason Rudolph isn't going to do anything. I don't think we've seen that before. Steelers' last win was against the Bengals. Yeah, that's what I mean. And it was the Bengals' last loss. Yep. Um, and it looked like it was shaping up for them wow. to go on different tra- and the trajectory has completely changed based on the fact that the quarterback play for both teams has been not what we expected Browning has been better than we thought yeah. and the Steelers have just car crashed and, unfortunately for them and that Steelers offence like just to back you up has got fewer than 19 points in five straight games now so mm. uh, just in terms of statistics to back up what you were saying um, yeah and the defence can't stop anybody so <clears> if they were a really strong defence 19 points might be okay look at the Broncos Um but it's not. They're, they're conceding 30 points a game. <laughs> if the Steelers are going to win this one, it is going to be through the air, though. Their pass defence, really struggling. Yeah. 27th in the NFL in terms of uh, yards per game. Almost dead last. Second bottom they are for yards per carry given mm. away um, on, the, on their pass defence. And, and you'd like to think that if the Steelers had any chance at all it would be through the air but what you're saying to me is the quarterback's just not good enough no he's terrible okay uh, Dave who you picking <laughs> yeah for Bengals yeah yeah, Bengals. yeah. alright clean sweep for the Bengals moving swiftly on to the best team in the NFL I will say that the Bengals aren't that short a favourite <laughs> they're right. very much a proposition oh, in their right to 11 so <clears throat> Stuck in. Merry Christmas. Uh, Moving on to the best team in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, at the French debt collectors, the Le Chargers. Um, The worst team in the So, worst team in the NFL, are we going there? I think worst team in the AFC. Against the best team in the AFC. And and Staley, gone? Gone, bye-bye. So... Tom Telesco, gone. Yeah, okay. That's... um, Does that help them or hinder them? Normally, and Dave's a big big advocate of this, and I, I would normally back him that you get a new coach bounce, right? Um, but their new coach is called Giff Smith. 
<laughs> so unless they're expecting a Giftsmith lift, I'd made that up. Hey. A Giftsmith lift, and I just <laughs> he's got a gif. <laughs> I wonder ah. how many memes will start going around the internet that are just gif gifs. <laughs> um, and can you imagine if there was if there was a meme of him on a mobile phone, it would be a gif gif of a gif gaff, which would be even better. Just imagine that you've got your coach is gone. You're supposed to be happy, but all your best players are injured and refusing to play. Keenan Allen isn't practicing. Austin Eckler's not practicing. They've got no offensive line. They've got Eastern Stick playing at quarterback. And uh, here come the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> are they, they going to walk for him, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, why didn't we veto this one? Like, we probably oh, should have funny. Done, That's why. Like, yeah. Well, we don't uh, have to spend. We don't have to spend long on nah, it. No, it, 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 I mean, I almost feel bad for the Chargers. They are going bankrupt. They themselves are a victim of their own high rates mm. of inflation. I don't know, but they, um, everybody's injured. They have nobody left. They don't have any coaches mm. left. They've got rid of Staley. Staley, Staley himself said that as soon as his message stopped getting over to the defence, <laughs> then they conceded 50 points. Then he got fired. 60? 63. None the week before. I mean, if, anyone, if you want to write your own death warrant, it's telling the players how many points they need to concede to get you fired. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But we, we said he should have been gone a while ago. He's wasted an awful lot of talent there, but everybody's injured. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't see anything happening other than the Bills going into it and hammering them. But the Bills have been playing really difficult teams, constantly getting themselves up for a really tough challenge. Is it a trap game? Is that question? But I can't see. No, yeah, me neither. Josh Allen, 37 total touchdowns for the season, more than anybody in the NFL. 26 of those are passing touchdowns, which means which means that he's also got 11 on his feet, which is, I mean, it's quite incredible. I, I had um, it had passed me by, so obviously I noticed the 63 points put on uh, Staley and the Chargers by the Raiders. But I had forgotten that the week before they had been held to nil in a three-nil game went, against not to sixty in real fast time. <laughs> wow! Uh, right uh, then, the points line on this: the handicap is ten and a half points. Is that it? It's about a third of what it needs to be. I think. Wow! This could be. Um, a, are we all one. are we all going Bills? Yeah, we don't need to discuss who's going where, do we? Yeah, right. Okay, so uh, clean sweep again, Bills. Las Vegas Raiders against the Kansas City Chiefs on Christmas Day, six o'clock at Arrowhead. Um. Have I missed one? Are you pointing at Browns Texans? Yeah. I haven't got that one on my list. I've only got six on my list. It's that one as well. There's more than six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Are they all on telly? <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> I've only got six on my list. Oh, we'll just talk about them six then. All right, works for me. Ignore all the work I've done. You don't Get in, we've beat 03. That's the best game of the week. Which one? <laughs> Cowboys and Dolphins. All right, well, we'll put that one on there, shall we? Um, <laughs> look, is, I'm not is, saying... Is this due to the producer, mate? No, I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit reticent to say whose fault this is, Ollie. Is it Ollie? But... Uh, <laughs> Essentially, we've bought I on in the group. A, punt, a punt intern is what we've done. We've bought on a punt intern, right? And the punt intern, punt intern. yeah, has uh, has a job where he writes my he writes One. my notes for me, One which job. helps me out because I'm setting up the studio and editing all the video and various other bits and pieces. So it, it saves me a little bit of time. He put six games on there, uh, 
And have you, have you just done the Saturday Sunday shoot? Yeah. No, 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 no. We've definitely got games into Monday, unless I've misread it, which which is a possibility, Ollie. If right. that's we the case, about them, don't worry. If that's the case, then I I apologise. But um, well, we don't need to talk about the Browns and the Texans, do we? Do no, we? no, no. We'll just bin them off. Really. Right. Teams, aren't they? So yeah. I tell you what. Instead yeah. of going off my piece of paper, we'll go off your list. Right. So <laughs> what's the uh, what's the next game, Dan? You you present it, and I'll pretend like I know um, what I'm talking about. Uh, of course, Na- yeah. the late game is, is Browns at Texans, Dave. Um, CJ Stroud out. Yeah. What, what do we think about this? Browns, uh, Browns we'll at go, Texans. We'll, I thought we were vetoing we'll that one. We'll go with the Browns. Veto move yeah, on. Yeah, cool. That works for me. Oh no. Yeah. Why? Because. You wanted to talk about it. Talk about the bloody Broncos and the Patriots. No, we don't. We can veto that one too. I thought you said it was one a show. Yeah, I know. Oh, but that was when we had six. Cash out, man. Because now we've got eight. Got, yeah. We're going crazy with vetoes. Now we've got nine games. We've got three vetoes. Is what let's we've got. Go. Move on. What's next? Cowboys, Cowboys Dolphins. Dolphins. Right. Let's talk about this one. This looks like a lot of fun. Veto. Fraud bowl. You can't veto this. We're overruled. Overruled. Um, this game feels to me like it could be an absolute. Corker, who's going first, Dan or Dave? Dave. Dave. I'll go then. Okay. It's a fraud. Yeah. They're both we, frauds. We nodded at each other. <laughs> fraud off. They're both frauds. It's a fraud, fraud bowl. It's a fraud bowl. <laughs> These teams have got a record of one and six combined against teams with a winning record this season, and they're both going to the playoffs. Good luck. Um, will the Dolphins beat a good team, and will the Cowboys win a road game? I don't think either are probably true, which means it'll probably be a tie. Um, I think the Dolphins need to show it, don't they, at home? It's, they've got a really tough run. So they started the, the year, the Dolphins, with the easiest strength of schedule. And they're going to finish with the hardest three games. So they've got their, their home to the Cowboys. Then they go at Ravens. Good luck. And then host the Bills. Good luck. Um, so Cowboys, Ravens, Bills is how they finish. So And they're, they're two games ahead of the Bills, but the Bills have their head-to-head and they play each other the last game of the season. So the Dolphins can probably drop one game if the Bills win out. I think the Bills are playing the Cardinals... The Chargers and the Patriots. So the chances are the Bills are going to win their games, um, and then they'll they'll meet in Week 18. Hopefully it'll be on telling. It'll be a, a match for the um, for the AFC East. Um, but the Dolphins need to win to get there because if they lose this, which they definitely could, because the Cowboys are a good team, um, then they go to Baltimore, who probably need to win. And Baltimore at home is a tough a tough t- tough ask for the Dolphins, and then they host Buffalo. So how do the Dolphins beat the Cowboys? They've got, to, they've got to run the ball. They've got to run the ball straight down the throat of Dallas, which is exactly what Buffalo did. It's exactly what San Francisco did. And it's exactly what Philadelphia did the first time they beat them. And it's exactly what Arizona did when they beat them earlier in the year. Run straight up the middle. That's all you've got to do. And, and they are soft, the Cowboys. They are, they are like a, uh, an orange cream. There you go, festive. Wow. They're like an orange cream rose. Look, look really nice, really bright, flashy. One Everyone wants to go for, but actually when it comes down to it, soft. Dolphins. Okay, Dave. I agree with Dan. I've got a very different way. I think when when, <laughs> when, when you really <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think very particularly. I mean, I don't like calling any NFL team soft because if a player's hurt, they come and kill us. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but like, if I just I, run at them, they run away. <laughs> Yeah, only up the middle like if you try if you try to do a zone run to the outside mate they kill you um, but anyway the the Cowboys haven't beaten well the Cowboys have lost road games and against some really bad teams mm-hmm. and in a way I think that the Dolphins who haven't beaten anybody should really get their big home win against the Cowboys but is Tyreek Hill going to play 
Yeah, he's practiced today, so he'll. Uh, I think he'll be fit. I think he'll play. So if if Hill plays, I think we, we can safely say that the Dolphins should be deserved favourites based on the handicaps of both teams. Um, and I do much prefer the way that. I mean, look, I, I'm almost, I'm almost hurt that you're calling a Mike McDaniel's team like soft and, and a fraud, but at the same time, I haven't beaten anyone with a winning record. You, you're quite right. It's just. <laughs> it undermines everything so yeah yeah maybe a tie maybe Liam's tie might happen just keep picking every week yeah I'm going to pick one every week Um, why not Uh, who are you going with Dan Um, I think the Dolphins defence has really started coming around I think at home I think they need to win and I think they will but this um, it's a dangerous game for Dallas because it could really really scupper if they lose two on the bounce I think confidence wise interesting Dave are you going with well, the Eagles are on the rise again, aren't they? So if things that the Eagles want to happen will happen, the Cowboys will lose. Yeah. <laughs> so you're Dolphins going with Dolphins, yeah? yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the tie. Why not? Um, why not? Yeah, why not? Um, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. It What's next come. on your list, Dan? Next on the list is the veto game. Yay. Pass at Broncos, Broncos, veto. Veto. <laughs> um, look... It, the reason that we're vetoing it is just because we are limited on, on time. The other reason is it will be shit, so don't bother. Uh, moving on to... Raiders at Chiefs. Raiders at Chiefs, Monday 25th of December. Christmas Day, Day at mm. 6 o'clock at Arrowhead. This is a weird concept for people that uh, may only be used to watching sport in the United mm-hmm. Kingdom. Uh, playing sport on Christmas Day. Yeah. It's certainly... Uh, from a modern point of view a little bit strange I know historically in the UK we have played games of football for example on Christmas Day but not mm. anymore um, it, why? why play on it's Christmas new, Day? it's new for the NFL as well so it's only come in the last couple of games there's been one game um, the last couple of years but it's been, and it's always been a basketball so the NBA have a big sort of make a big thing about playing on Christmas Day Um and the NFL are just basically just trying to eat into the real estate. They think they're the bigger market, and they are. I mean, and, and one of the games that's coming up later on is, what's well, the game of the season? Surely. Uh, so yeah. you know they're going to. They, there'll be more people watching the NFL than the Giants. Uh, Eagles. That's what. That's the one you're talking <laughs> about, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Danny DeVito. Uh, so yeah, it's a big market, and this is a good game because I think um, you know before the senior sale, it's an absolute layup for the Chiefs, but they're not they're not playing well, and the Raiders after that win, they must be feeling absolutely really really good about themselves. Invincible. And the Raiders, yeah, the Raiders always seem to give the Chiefs a game. They always seem to lose, but they always they're always very close. I, I know Travis Kelsey's killed them a few times late on in games, um, and the Raiders can score points as they showed on against. The Chargers, but I think anything you see against the Chargers has to be ruled out as an anomaly. Um, so I just think it's a really nice game for the Chiefs to get back on track. And I think the Chiefs, they've got the smell of a team that's really pissed off. Um, yeah, and, and more on this later, but you only need to look at the meltdown that Pat Mahomes yeah. had after the Kadarius Tony situation mm. again. Um, at the weekend to show just how frustrated Pat Mahomes is about mm. the situation at the minute. And if your leader is that frustrated about things that are going on, unfortunately, um, that you know it, it does sort of cascade down to the rest of the team. You've only got to rewind four weeks, Dave, to the last time these two played each other. Uh, it was week 12 when uh, the Chiefs beat the Raiders 31-17. Um, the Chiefs are still box favourites for this, aren't they? Yeah, they are, but at the same time, I do think I've got a lot more faith in Andy Reid than I do 
any coaches who are currently at the Raiders. Um, but I would say that Crosby is a massively underrated player. Mm. What a player he is. Um, he, they've got two of the best players in the NFL on, on their, their, their roster in, in Max Crosby and Adams, Devontae Adams. So they should have been firing to a much better level than they were under McDaniels. Um, and I'm anticipating it coming across pretty well uh, in this game. I think it will, it will be a closer game. I think that the Chiefs are actually tensing up a little bit, but I still think they're going to come out on top. Um, right, OK. Uh, we are going to break from the previews there. We'll do the rest of them in just a second. A couple of things that we need to do. The first one is to talk to you about our friends at Beer Keller. Uh, Beer Keller in Manchester, one of the best places to watch the NFL. Like-minded people, great TV screens, uh, fantastic wings and beer and it's just a really lovely place to go and watch the NFL we did a live show there a couple of weeks back we've got a couple more live shows in the pipeline uh, from down there watch parties including potentially the Super Bowl cross fingers um, and we're really looking forward to going down and, and, and sort of spending a bit more time with them if you're in and about Manchester on a Sunday you want to go and watch some NFL there is no better place to do it uh, than at Bitter Keller they are brilliant they're great people and we cannot recommend them highly enough uh, I believe that we are going to have to have a conversation very shortly about the allegations that I put towards Ollie. And we're going to do that after this. Okay. Apparently I've been Hi, Ollie. hammered. In um, is Will Scarlett from yeah, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It is. So, uh, I am just going to um, repeat the allegations... And then once I've repeated the allegations, we can come back and, and we can dispute the allegations. The allegations are that the punt intern, Ollie, who Punter. is the only, only paid member of this podcast, let me have you know, the only paid member of this podcast. None of us take any money apart from Ollie. Ollie does my it's notes for James. me to it's try and help me out. One. Well, uh, Ollie, Ollie, we're talking. The grown-ups are talking. Be quiet. I can catch um, Excluding the one that vetoed. Oi! You two! Everybody can hear you! Wind it in! <laughs> Let me explain the situation. Alright? Ollie sent me my Ollie sent me my notes. <laughs> I'm gonna show Dan the notes that Ollie sent me. I'll this uh, says Autopunt week fifteen. That's okay. Wrong because it's week sixteen. Yeah, I know. Okay. He obviously just hasn't updated. No, no, it's week fifteen, you're right. So Bengal Steelers, one. Yes. Bills yeah. Chargers, two. Uh, yes. Scrolling down on these notes again. Mm. Vegas uh, against the Chiefs, three. Uh, well, no, you've yeah. missed three games. So, there, so, so. But, but you see, they're not in the, no, in the notes not. here, are they're they? Not. No, 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 no. no. And then the next one I've got is Giants-Eagles, That's four. correct. That's okay. Correct. Yep. The next one I've got is Ravens-Niners, that's also five. Yep. And the last one on my list uh, is Jets, Jets at Browns. Yep. And then there's keep, nothing keep, else in just here, Just keep is going there? just for um, evidence reasons. Okay, I'm happy there's nothing there's else. There's nothing else there. So how many games are there in the notes that were sent across to me? There are six games. Six Lee. games in the notes that were sent across to me. Six. Ollie, you're going to find this quite difficult to dispute, my friend. Are you still there? No, mate, he's left ages ago. Okay, <laughs> showed me a pi- he showed me a picture of Sky, showing the games that they had on for TV, and it only showed seven, including the one which Dan previously vetoed in the group chat and then forgot he'd done tonight. So he's course. happy and he's pissed off. 
It's all right. I mean, we didn't really want to talk about Cleveland <laughs> at Houston, did we? No, uh, I just love having somebody else to blame for my everything, <laughs> my lack of oversight. <laughs> Essentially, I love being able to put this straight on Ollie when actually the real situation is that I should have checked. It should have been my responsibility, but now I've got a scapegoat. Nobody cares. Uh, let's do coaching <laughs> corner. Ollie didn't care. No. <laughs> It's good. <laughs> you still get his money at the end of the month for doing a terrible job. Bless it. Um, youth, youth of today. No commitment. That's the problem. Literally. Woke. Uh, attention to detail. We've got a woke, we've got a woke um, assistant. That's your problem. Attention to detail. <laughs> nil. Who could you ask? Me. Who do you know you could ask you what, know what Sky Games would be on this week? Who do you know that's know quite close that would tell you that information? Very many quick? people. Anyone in particular? You possibly? Yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. Would have done it. Mm. Uh, let's do coaching corner, shall we? Before uh, before this descends into further madness, uh, we uh, I say we decided. I decided that I would like to know the answer to. Um, we often talk about who is calling the plays for any uh, okay. given team, and I didn't know why it made a difference. So uh, occasionally you've got head coaches that call the plays. Occasionally it's offensive coordinators. And then in some really weird circumstances, it's neither of those two. And it's somebody completely random, like a defensive coordinator, which makes no sense to me whatsoever why a defensive coordinator would be calling attacking plays. So uh, I would like to know, A, have I got that right? And B, why does it matter? Uh, a, no. Good. <laughs> um, no, no, it has. If you can, Matt, Patricia. Only the end bit. He's <laughs> right. But no, he was, a, he was an advisor it. to football. He wasn't any coordinator because they'd have to pay. Because then when they were when they were trying to cheat the rules again, Patriot yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. So a, a, a head coach, you've got a head coach, you've got an offensive coordinator generally, and a defensive coordinator. But if you've got an, an offensive-minded coach, uh, Sean McVay, Carl Shanahan, Matt Lafleur, to name a few, um, they will call the offensive plays. They have the relationship, and what you tend to have is a really good um, quarterbacks coach in there who will help nurture the quarterback, but. The uh, coach will call the plays in. We had a great example. If you to, to give you a great example is Kevin O'Connell in Josh Dobbs's first game. If you remember, was calling the plays into the helmet and then describing the plays in the helmet as well. Um, right. So it was him that was making those calls into the plays. So they don't have an offensive coordinator. And on the defensive side, a defensive coordinator would call the defensive plays and call the defensive football. A coach like Bill Belichick, for example, he does have his son as the defensive coordinator, Steve, but Bill Belichick calls the defensive plays in New England. Um, and it doesn't really matter who the Ravens. Uh, John Harbaugh, the Ravens, is one of the one of the best head coaches in the game. Doesn't do either. So he he'll he'll do the game script and he'll say what they want to do, whether they want to go for it on third down, fourth down, etc. But he will then leave his offensive and defensive coordinator to call the actual plays. Um, so it's a case of what you're most comfortable with, what your quarterback is most comfortable with. We've seen an increase in the game at the moment. I think there's an increase in quarterbacks picking their own offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches um, because people they're comfortable with. Josh Allen, for example. Um, you saw Aaron Rodgers hire Nathaniel Hackett, really, not the Jets. Aaron Rodgers hired him uh, to be his offensive coordinator because they've been successful before. So mm -hmm. it depends on your, on your situation and your quarterback and, and what you want to do, really. And, and as, a, as a head coach, where is your speciality and how much do you want to give up to, to somebody else in the organisation? They'll often change who the play caller mm -hmm. is when things are going badly because it gives them an excuse. For example... With uh, Sean Desai, I think he was lost his play calling responsibilities uh, to Matt Patricia. Funnily enough, ironically mm -hmm. enough, with Eagles this last game, people have come out and said it seemed to make a little bit of a difference. But you know, they are thirty first in defense this year, which is incredible when you think about the talent they've got on that roster. It really is incredible, like in overall um, scoring defense as well, which 
yeah, I wouldn't have thought that if someone had told me that at the start of the season. So, yeah, it it, it, it only makes a difference really when you're looking to give someone out like freshen up the ideas or look for someone to blame. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You're absolutely right. And and you know you you only really hear about good coordinators come this time of year because they'll be they'll be next in line for the head coaching job. So. You didn't really know who the... I mean, as, as a layman, you wouldn't have known who the offensive, defensive coordinators of the Eagles were last year, even though they were rampaging through the league. And now both those two went to be head coaches. Shane Steichen at the Colts, who's tipped now to be coach of the year. Uh, and Gannon, Gannon, who's gone to the Cardinals, and he's building a team there. So um, you only hear about the good ones, really, when it comes around to this time of year and they start getting tipped for head coaching jobs. And it really is an organisation, when you're picking a head coach, do you want someone who's defensive-minded or offensive-minded? The, the, the trend in the league at the moment is you want the offensive mastermind, your Kyle Shanahan, your Sean McVay, your um, Matt LaFleur, and you don't go for a defensive guy like a Brandon Staley, because that goes badly. Ron Rivera, it goes badly. So the trend is that you want an offensive coach and you build a defence around it. Mike McDaniel. Offensive coach. He, yeah. he designed the running game in San Francisco and he's done a great job designing running plays. And he calls the plays, as we know, in Miami. All right, good stuff. Thanks, gents. I always learn something coming away from Coaching Corner. We will do part two of the previews next. Um, can I veto this one? No, I can't. Well, can. Giants, Giants at Eagles. I can't because we want to. We want to call the. Um, we want to call the episode like "Live Eagles Live" or something, don't we? So, uh, <laughs> it's the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles, nine thirty game on the twenty fifth of December. New York Giants hot off the back of a loss. The Philadelphia Eagles hot off the back of three losses in a row against the Forty Nine ers, Cowboys, and Seahawks. But at some stage, life needs to be breathed back into the Eagles, and I have a very funny feeling it's coming <laughs> this weekend. Dave, would you like to go first on this one, my friend? Yeah, if the Eagles are coming back, they're probably going to destroy you. It's going to be a horrible... No, don't say it. Don't even think that way. You've got a mobster in charge now. The... <laughs> you, the, 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 All the, ties the, to the Mafia are hearsay. Uh, we love you, Tom. Even though he does the... Mate, anyway, yeah, it's great. I, I love the whole thing. Like, DeVito's great. Like, if you were going to throw like, a shed load of cash at a quick QB, probably won't deserve it. You should have picked him, not... not not Daniel, no, Daniel Jones. Jones. Uh, um, did you see his agent in the crowd the other yeah, the yeah. other week? And he's gone. He looked like, like a guy out of Peaky Blinders. It, he literally looked. He looked like he'd walked off the set of Goodfellas and so. into into the stadium, like full <laughs> hat and suit and oh. coat. It was. It was honestly. It, it couldn't have been more Italian. I was listening to something the other day, and <clears> it's. I can't remember his name. That the the. the um, the, how was it called? The agent, but he's uh, his his LinkedIn bio. If you go on it, is videos of him sort of doing CrossFit, and he he looks like Ben Stiller out of uh, Dodgeball, yeah. like fake tan and <laughs> tips and things. And he's yeah. already sacked him, uh, Tommy. DeVito. So he was due. Uh, Tommy DeVito was due to do a, a, a residency or a, a, an appearance at a New York pizza place, and they'd agreed a fee of ten thousand dollars. And then on the the day after the they'd he'd won the game, he, the agent tried to put the price up to twenty thousand, so he didn't turn up. So Tommy DeVito went free of charge the next day and then immediately fired his uh, agent and just made... He's, he's now not in charge of Tommy DeVito's marketing anymore. So that, that, that friendship of 20 years lasted a long time. Oh, like 10 minutes. As soon as money gets involved. Um, 
Let's talk about the game, shall we? Uh, Tommy DeVito has taken more than five sacks in four out of his five starts. And again, we, we're talking about we're talking about that that Giants O line. It just does not exist. There is no protection, and unfortunately, what that means that you it becomes very difficult to get plays away. And against a team that are as good as the Eagles, both sides of the ball, that becomes tricky. It does, and and you you know you sometimes see this with a young, exciting quarterback comes in. No one's really seen him, and if he's a bit off the cuff, a bit like Josh Dobbs, you know Tommy DeVito, um, you can see a bit of a bounce. And you can, whilst the team's figuring it out, but after a couple of weeks, there's a reason he was not drafted or drafted so late. And it's very rare that after a couple of weeks they carry on maintaining that. Brock Purdy being the obvious example, um, but I think the Saints did a really good job on on DeVito. And I, I, now the tape's out there of how to stop it. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Eagles' front will um, feast. <laughs> On yeah, Christmas Day. I, I, there's so many stats here that we could give out that just point to the, the Eagles doing well. The, the, um, the Giants O-line uh, in week 15, so last week, six points, two out of 16 on third down. If you cannot convert on third down, you can't win games of football. And unfortunately, no. I have a funny feeling it's going to go this way. Uh, are we all picking the Eagles? I'm going to pick the. I'm going yep. to hero pick the Giants just because I feel like I should against. Yeah, well, against it's the Christmas Eagles. time for miracles, isn't it? Yeah, let's um, let's pray for one. It's on just a get. It's such street. a good get right game for the Eagles, and they need it. They've had a really tough run: Cowboys twice, Niners, Chiefs, Bills. I mean, they've yeah. had a bloody murderers row, um, and now they get Giants twice and the Cardinals. So, Merry Christmas, Philadelphia. Yeah. See uh, you in the playoffs. Are you going with Dave? As if I need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. No, I've already said it three times, mate. Eagles. I was just double checking, treble checking, quadruple checking. Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, right, moving on to potentially the. Wow, spiky. We didn't have we? talk and talk. Oh. You can, but I'm leaving in three minutes. So. All right, good stuff. Uh, Ravens at San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Dave, get it out of the way, and then if you need to disappear, you can. 49ers. <laughs> Good. Lazy. Uh, um, Dan? Um, it, it's a team like Baltimore that can stop San Francisco. This is a tough one because it's Christmas Day. The Baltimore have got to travel from all the other side to the other, completely other side of the country to play a game on Christmas Day, which is a little bit... Um, it's going to stretch them, I think, a little bit. I think... So I won't take too much of it. The Ravens will keep this close. I think they know how to scramble uh, San Francisco. San Francisco are an excellent team at attacking a, a defense's weakness. Um the Ravens' defense hasn't got one. It's 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 a well-rounded defense. And the last time that the Niners faced a well-rounded defense, the Browns, they struggled to move the ball. And I think the Ravens can stifle them just enough and cause enough frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, then it's a case of Ken Lamar, who's starting to play much better, buy himself enough time and escape the pass rush, which is immense from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Can he escape the pass rush? And can he extend plays and make, make plays downfield? If he can do that, A, he'll win MVP... And two, the Ravens can win this game. And, and I'm going to tip them because I want them to win. And I think there's a way. I think the Ravens are probably one of the only teams that can beat them because they're such a well-rounded team. Like a good version of the Eagles could beat them. I think a good version of the Ravens can beat them. And I think they will. And uh, I've got a fact. Go, go, quickly, because we've got to say goodbye so, today. Unprecedented record. The last seven Monday Night Footballs have gone to the underdog. Oh. Never happened before, and the Ravens obviously are underdogs on this Monday Night Football. So, Ravens to me. And Lamar's only lost one game out of 18 against NFC teams. Dave's gone the Niners, you're going the Ravens. I'll have the deciding vote in a minute, but before we do that, should we say cheery bye to Dave? Have you got to go to your Christmas party now? Or are you staying? I'll give, give you five minutes, but don't talk ten minutes over every game. 
Sorry, Dad. Cheapest creepers. Tanking last week. Jeez. Do you want to know? Do you want, minutes about do you want to know Kirk the, Cousins the length of time your too, rant went on last too week? Too many games. Too many games. Like I'm sick of NFL. No, come on. <laughs> Sixteen minutes on tanking from you last week. <laughs> just as a actually, giant tribe. Just you on your own. Just kept going and going and going. And now we want to yeah. talk about the football. He's hurrying us up. Uh, Brock Purdy in 2023. You, 29 touchdowns. First in the NFL. Seven interceptions. He's going great guns. I really love that San Francisco 49ers pass rush. I think they're absolutely brilliant. As much as I love you and as much as I like the Ravens, for me, I'm picking the Niners here just because I think they're the best team maybe right up there with the Bills at the moment in the NFL. I think it's the best offence I've seen in 30 years. I'll, could be I'll great. be honest could be great. I'd right. really wanted Dan to pick the Ravens to beat them so if they do lose I can rub it in I'm really glad it happened that way but yeah you should uh, probably be alright uh, right okay uh, moving on to is this our last game yes yes great so uh, that is the Jets at the Browns Vito Browns <laughs> it is a bit smelly um, I'll go Vito Browns Dave um, yeah <laughs> Vito Browns <laughs> Browns. Right, cool. Let's get the bets out of the way. Dave, you go first. What have you got for us? I've got a couple of dub, uh, a couple of running backs to go in for two touchdowns, which are decent odds if you took them as single. So you've got James Cook. Uh, we already mentioned him earlier. Probably the most effective running back out of the backfield at the moment, actually catching the ball. They're using him well and intelligently and also in goal line situations. So he's 4-1 to one to get two touchdowns. And then the ever perennial Derek Emery up against the Seahawks run defence, which isn't particularly great. Um, he's 7-4. Combined, you get a rather nice... Yeah, 6-1. Dan? Uh, dead simple this week. Bengals to win, Packers to win, Broncos to win, Lions to win, 4 and a half to one. Whew, good stuff. Uh, Derek Henry had the very unfortunate moniker um, last week. Of He was like the first player ever to take 20 touches in a game and not make... Yeah, yeah, it was... It was. He had a tough week, uh, King, De- King Henry, um, last week. Uh, right, OK, I think that's just about it for time, which means we've got our Utter Punt of the Week nominations. Dave, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, Jay Browning. Like when you were a Vikings quarterback, you you were someone who people hope for to do well. You got cut by Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Not this current regime. So walking off the field and shouting, "I never could should have cut me." Yeah, you're right, mate. But they got kind of fired for those kind of decisions already. So, yeah. Remember who actually fired you, rather than just looking at a colour and going, "Oh, purple." You might say it when you see the Ravens in the. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Jay Browning, I hate you. <laughs> Wind your neck in, Jake. He also came off the field and said, I think I need a beer, but I don't think that's a good decision because I'm I'm probably just a bit dehydrated. Shut up. Uh, Dan? Uh, Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, I think only surely for only another three games. Uh, they lost to the Panthers um, on Sunday, not themselves at the playoff rates. And they were, they were fourth and two. Um, on the Carolina nine-yard line and decided to go for it on fourth down. He didn't give it to B. John Robinson, he's, he's a perennial world-class running back, or Cal Pitts, for example, he's talented, ultra-talented tight end. He gave it to Desmond Ridder, who is shit, and um, they didn't get it. And then they backed to their deep... So that would have given them a four-point lead, which meant the Panthers, who can't score touchdowns, would have had to score a touchdown. Uh, the Panthers then went on a nine-minute, 33-play drive and kicked a field goal and won the game in overtime, uh, won the game before it went to overtime. Wow. Uh, it cost himself a team in the playoffs, cost himself the playoffs, so it cost themselves, they've lost their worst team in football. Um, Arthur Smith, if you survive this year, I'm, I'm giving up. Wow. I'm done. 
That's a punt. Uh, I'm going with Kadarius Tony. Again? Yeah. If he keeps being played, we're going to continue to no have joke. this conversation. He is an athlete. There is no question about his athletic ability. Absolutely unbelievable. I think um, Rob Gronkowski came out this week and said he's an absolute monster. He can run routes. He's a brilliant athlete. But, and I quote Gronk, it's kind of like you just don't love the game of football if you keep making the mistakes that he's make, he's making. Really spotty hands and making really daft decisions. It's a total lack of accountability for Kadarius Tony. If you make an error, come off the field, assess your performance and fix the problem that you've clearly got. And there's been more than once. Lining up offside, bobbles turning into interceptions, poor catching. Eventually, Pat Mahomes is just going to lose faith in you completely and you'll never get another reception at the Chiefs again. Kadarius Tony, utter punt of the week. It's so frustrating with him because he won them the Super Bowl. Yep. He's so good. He just can't catch the ball. Absolutely right. Uh, right, that's it. That's the end of Utter Punts for this week. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And if you don't listen to us again before New Year, Happy New Year too. We will be releasing a podcast at some stage between now. And then, see you soon, Dan. See you later. See you later, Dave. Enjoy your party. Bye. Have a good evening. All. <laughs> Cheerio. Uh, you'll have a good voice. Your time for <laughs> felicitations, everybody. We will see you next week. Take care.